Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You give your hand to me And then you say hello And I can hardly speak My heart is beating so And anyone can tell You think you know me well But you don't know me Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a uh, midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. And usually I would, uh, I would direct you to the Specs text line and we're having technical difficulties around here. We are on the air. Thank the Lord. We're on the air. And hopefully uh, you are safe and sound listening to us uh, from your home, from your humble abode. If not, if you are on the road, please make sure you are safe on those roads. But the Specs text line ain't working. Um, hard to get Internet access here as well. It's spotty off and on. So it ain't working. So I can't really direct you to our Twitter account. But you can cyberstalk me at Rod Babers in the Twitter verse. My man, uh, Patrick, at It's Patrick Davis. My man. Harge is at home. He is safe and sound hanging out with the family. And he's at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. We're going to talk Cowboys here and we're going to talk Texans here. Texans are looking to make a, a hire at the offensive coordinator position, I believe, first and foremost after hiring D'Amico Ryans as their head coach. So we'll get to that. But also we'll start talking about the Cowboys. There's a report from Albert Breer and he was on with uh, Dan Patrick, I believe. He also went on 105 through the fan and reiterated this very thing um, which we'll start with and talking about the Cowboys, um, that there was some tension between Kellen Moore and between Mike McCarthy. It doesn't surprise me, but it also backs up or supports the re- the story and the report that we heard that it was a, or at least the Cowboys and that Mike McCarthy uh, were throwing out there that it was a mutually agreed breakup, which is tough. I've said it before, that's usually, you know, mythology. That's like folklore when it comes to relationships, mutual breakups. I've never been a part of a mutual breakup. <clears throat> Most of us have not been a part of a mutual breakup. I'm sure they happen. They're just really, really rare. It's like breakup sex. I was played by man Kevin Dunn. I did a show with Kevin Dunn, and he, I was always amazed at his, break, his breakup sex story, that he once had breakup sex with one of his ex-girlfriends. And I thought to myself, man, he must be one savvy SOB to be able to break up with a woman and then convince her to have breakup sex. It's amazing. Or even have her break up with you. And then you convince her to have breakup sex as a result of sympathy or pity or whatever it is. If you can have breakup sex with anybody, woman, man, I don't care who it is, that's impressive. Have you ever done it? Then kudos to you. But it's rare. But I digress. Getting back to it, mutual breakups just as rare as breakup sex is my point. They just don't happen. But this one, in any relationship, business or personal. But in this case, the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy, and I think even Kellen Moore, have agreed this was a mutually parting of ways. And it was because, as Albert Breer is reporting, there was some tension. So here is Albert Breer. We have this sound, Patrick. Here's Albert Breer. He was on Dan Patrick earlier this week uh, giving that very report. Was Kellen Moore fired by the Cowboys? 
I heard things weren't great between him and Mike McCarthy at the end. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know if it was finally the fact that they were both sort of play callers by trade that got them or it was the way that Dak played. What I do know is, like, that that arrangement that I think had worked okay but had its ups and downs over three years had sort of run its course. And obviously there were some great opportunities to be an offensive coordinator elsewhere for Kellen Moore. And I think this sort of allowed them to come to a uh, everybody wins type of scenario. Uh, yeah, it reminds me of when Shaka Smart <laughs> was essentially foisted <laughs> um, upon a uni- another university by Texas. It was a mutually agreed parting of ways. They didn't have to fire Shaka because Shaka ended up getting a job elsewhere. And there, there are some that believe. You know, those behind the burnt orange curtain may have facilitated that transaction because right? they wanted to help Shaka because they liked Shaka. There was no bad blood. They just believed they need another coach, need a better coach. And the same thing could be true of the Cowboys. We know they love Kelly Moore. Jerry Jones loves Kelly Moore. Hell, after uh, after Kelly Moore got done with his NFL career with the Cowboys, he made him a quarterback coach the next year. The next year he made him yeah. a quarterback coach. The next season, in fact, you could argue there is nobody's had a quicker ascent to the coaching ranks as Kelly Moore. He essentially slowed down a little bit uh, the last couple of years when he he didn't get a head coaching job. But he got the quarterback coach job right after he was done playing uh, with the Cowboys uh, as a quarterback and then got the OC job a couple of years after that. So he was definitely on the fast track because Jerry Jones loved him so much like Shaka Smart and the Longhorns because they loved Shaka Smart and they didn't want to do Shaka Smart dirty. I don't think Jerry Jones wanted to do Kelly Moore dirty. He wanted Kelly Moore to get another job. And I think he wants Kelly Moore to thrive and have success. I think he also also believes that the success of Dak, uh, which is linked to the success of the Cowboys, may also need another voice. And both things can be true. Both things can be true. Sometimes we've been in couples, we've been in relationships before, I'm sure all of us have, where, you know what, it's just time. It's just, it's just time. Yeah, it's, and it's I mean, run its course. Nothing wrong with either one of y'all. It's just run its course. And we saw Kellen Moore came out today and was like, "Look, I love Dallas, but we both felt there was time for it. There was need for a change." And for Kellen, you're right. He was super fast tracked through everything. He was. So it can make sense why he's like, "I feel like I'm losing power now. I'm regressing." Mike McCarthy came in here. He wants to call different plays. He wants to install different things. He has different ideas of where we're going. I'm trying to move up and beyond because I, I want to be Sean Payton. I want to be one of these coaches that exactly. thought of being super creative. Yep. And they're going, hey, man, we don't have that offense. Like, we don't have the players to do this, so you're going to need to kick back. And then he gets an offer where they talk to him and he goes, the Chargers job is open. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, they have the players. Mm-hmm. Oh, they have the players. Quarterback can make all the throws. I can go, I can go and go move to a different place and I get to try and play now. And I think so. I it does seem like something where there was probably some tension, just because when you're not winning and you're not improving at the rate you want to be, so you're winning but you're not improving. Everybody, there's going to be tension. If we're working here at the radio station and you hear there's no spots in the commercial breaks, <laughs> there's going to be some tension because <laughs> we all know, man, one of us probably won't be here in a few days. True that, but. As long as their spots, we'd all be happy. I think the Cowboys were at the point where it was just there wasn't – they were plateauing. Mm-hmm. Kellen Moore was re- regressing in what the ability and the, the power he had. It's time to move on. Yep. And the Cowboys, Mike McCarthy knows he's fired if it's if he doesn't take over more. 
I so, think that's more of it too. Um, and you know, like I said, I I think I think it's best for Kellen Moore because I, I went and looked at you know Kellen Moore's rise, his it's a fast rise uh, to becoming offensive coordinator for the Cowboys, and look at his his mentors or those who have had the most influence on his philosophy and ideology. It's Brian Harson and Chris Peterson in college. And I remember Brian Harson and Kellen Moore saying two things similar. They, and they were being interviewed separately years apart. They weren't together. Kellen Moore was in the NFL and Brian Harson. This was way from my time covering Brian Harson here at Texas when he was the OC here at Texas. And I used to have, you know, interviews with him. Um, and Brian Harson would say something that I thought was really peculiar and, and, and kind of cool. Just very interesting. He'd say, I don't have an offense. We run plays. We run plays. I don't have an offense. His belief was, if I don't have an offense, meaning I don't have an offensive identity really, then it's tougher for the game plan against his offense because a game plan essentially is trying to take away or neutralize your offensive identity. And I heard Kellen Moore say the same thing, something very similar with the Cowboys years later, which means I know he got it from Brian Harson. Essentially, I would describe Brian Harson's offense all the time at Head Texas when he was here. It was, it was Seinfeldian. Because it was a show about nothing, meaning it didn't have an offensive identity. They just ran plays, meaning like Seinfeld, they didn't ever have a plot, right? It was a show about nothing, but what they did all the time. And it ended up being magical and working out perfectly. That's how Brian Harson really envisioned his offense, right? It's not an offense. They don't have an offensive identity. They just run a lot of plays and they, and they execute them to perfection. And Kellen Moore really wanted to... Uh, proliferate that same type of philosophy with the Cowboys, but I think he was hindered in a lot of ways because he has, you know, influences and and mentors who are trying to advise him and compel him about what to do with his offense. So essentially, you have Brian Harson, Chris Peterson as his influences. He gets in the NFL. He is under the Jason Garrett, uh, Scott Linehan offense as a player, and then as a quarterback coach, and then as an offensive coordinator. Still, Jason Garrett is his head coach. And then Mike McCarthy is his head coach as an offensive coordinator. So that's five influences. Chris Peterson, Brian Harson, uh, Jason, Jason Garrett, and then you get into the Scott Linehan world, and then you get to Mike McCarthy. And think about all those last three. All those guys are offensive guys. All right, so offensive guys, because that's their expertise, they're really critical, specific about what you should do, what you shouldn't be doing. It's good for a young up-and-coming coordinator cultivating his craft and his skill to learn that but those are his influences and it's very to me it's very possible that offense has has always just been a variation of the old offense a remix of the old offense right that Jason that basically Kellen Moore's offense essentially is kind of a remix of the Scott Linehan Jason Garrett offense and then now the offense is kind of a, a remix still of that offense with Kellen Moore's influence in it but with Mike McCarthy's now spin on it and what Kellen Moore is going to do at LA is have his own offense without without mentors trying to advise and influence his offense Mike McCarthy Jason Garrett Scott Linehan it's always somebody Somebody with more skins on the wall than him, with a you know higher job title, saying, "Nah, nah, do it this way, Kellen. Do it this way." First time in his career, nobody's gonna be telling him to do it what way, his way. That's the way he's gonna do it. So I, that's why I really want to see that offense because he's not gonna have the restraints of the mentors trying to corral his offense and trying to steer it in a certain direction. It's gonna be all Kellen Moore. But with that being said. 
for the Cowboys, this is why it's important. I would like for them to go outside the box, which means outside the team to get the next offensive coordinator hire, or even the the quarterback coach, whoever they're going to get, just because they've they've been an in-house hire. I always say they're the most homegrown team in the NFL. The stats would back that up. Nobody builds through the draft like the Cowboys. That also applies to their front office and because they it's all family. <laughs> and it applies to the coaching staff because they love to hire from within and promote from within. Uh, Jason Garrett, Kellen Moore, Scott Linehan was even on the staff and they made him an O.C. Right, those are all guys within the program, and that's great because you can you you know cultivate and nurture your own talent. But I'd like for an outside source, for outside eyes, to come in and look at your methodology, look at your process, and be able to critique it and maybe give a fresh perspective on it. That's what the Cowboys need, and I hope they do that with the OC or do that with the quarterback or both. Yeah, and I mean, I think too, it's I'd like to. I I don't think we're gonna get this, but I'd like to see someone. Not necessarily in the Mike McCarthy. I've worked with him before. I trust this guy. He's not going to push me. He's going to be a yes man. He's going to do what I say. And then we're not going to get any evolution of it or mm-hmm. that discussion where you can have multiple heads in a room. Yep. I'd prefer to have somebody else in there who's not calling plays but can work with him to build an offense that actually makes sense. And when there's a problem, you can go in and solve it as opposed to – one guy sitting in a room banging his head on a desk saying, I can't figure out why this is wrong. And you bring one other guy in and he goes, oh, just do this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have experienced one time we had the same problem when I was with this team. Yeah. And this was our uh, solution to the what problem. What about this personnel group? And they go, oh, well, can we run that? And you go, yeah, we just put that, you know, we just use him in this personnel group. He can play tight end for this. This or formation can, works a little bit better yeah. when you're doing that. I'm with you. You see fresh ideas. You're a fresh idea guy. You need an idea in there, like yourself. <laughs> you do. But that's but that's where you just want to have somebody in there because he's not going to be calling plays because Mike McCarthy's most he's ninety nine percent of the chances he's going to be calling plays unless somehow you Eric Bieniemy ends up there or somebody like that ends up there, uh, which you don't expect. Then Mike McCarthy's going to be calling the plays, so you're not going to be able to get somebody who wants to necessarily be a fast riser mm-hmm. who wants to be calling the plays to get a head coaching job. Yeah. But it can be someone who's been around the league for a little bit longer and can add in some different ideas. Yeah, and and, and, to, and keep in mind, Patrick, because you brought that up, and I think it's an astute um, observation. Essentially, that's what Kelly Moore was. Yeah. And now you need another version of that. Kelly Moore yeah. was your new idea guy. Because you were you were kind of stuck in a Jason Garrett Scott Linehan era of offense. It was like, oh man, it's stale. It just it it, it needs it needs evolution. It needs to uh, to progress. It needs to be uh, modernized. And Kellen Moore actually did that. I know a lot of Cowboys fans don't like it, but I mean, he was a top. 10 top five offense uh, when he was there with a healthy Dak Prescott. So now you need another way to modernize the offense again and you need another upgrade and this time not with Kellen Moore. And I've always said this, the Cowboys, they're going to benefit, you know, from this, this new hire if they bring in an outside voice, in my opinion, because, you know, Dak also may need someone from outside the organization as well because his comfort zone is with all of these very familiar voices, right? It it was Kellen Moore. And, you know, Patrick brought up a good point last hour that I thought, you know, was was interesting that, you know, you want to bring in, yes, you want to bring in someone who is going to take Dak's games next level, but you can't deny Dak that intimate uh, confidant that he had with Kellen Moore. Right, that's what the Cowboys. Why they promoted Kellen Moore 
two quarterback coach because Dak loved him. Remember, Scott Linehan would not even talk to Dak during the games when he was the OC. He would use Kellen Moore as a mediator. He would relay his message to Kellen Moore, through Kellen Moore, to Dak. And then Dak would t- tell Kellen Moore his response or retort, and they relay that information to Scott Linehan because they felt that Dak's confidant was Kellen Moore. And they wanted them to be really close. And now we're, I guess, maybe critiquing the fact that they were too close. Maybe it was affecting and choking the development of Dak Prescott. Now you got to get away from that. But that's why they appointed Kellen Moore that position. So don't ignore that either. You know, you might want to bring in someone, at least with a quarterback coach, that Dak is comfortable with. And if you're going to bring in an OC that is an outsider or someone with an outside perspective that's fresh, yes, you want some healthy tension. Right, healthy tension so that it can kind of bring out the best in everybody. Um, but you also want to make sure that Dak has an advocate. Every, every quarterback needs one. Hell, Aaron Rodgers was just talking about Tom. He's talking about Nathaniel Hackett, who was his advocate at one time. Now he's the OC with the Jets. Uh, Tom Clements, who you may hear his name as well. Tom Clements may end up in this uh offensive coordinator uh, interview process for the Dallas Cowboys. He was once the Green Bay Packers quarterback coach. Um, but I digress. Every quarterback needs to run. There, there's such, honestly, for and I, I know a lot of quarterbacks, they are prima donnas, and they really do get in their own heads a lot. Quarterbacks do. They can. They have a, because it's a cerebral position. Um, so you do want to have somebody there who can almost work as a counselor. A quarterback counselor. They call them quarterback gurus, quarterback nurturers, whatever. So you may need one of those because that's what that's what Kellen Moore was supposed to be groomed as. And remember, he was groomed in dysfunction. The Cowboys are full of dysfunction. Remember when Bryce Butler first got there, he told the story that when he get, when he got there, Tony Romo was doing the install, not Scott Linehan. Now I'm starting to wonder why Scott Linehan was getting paid the bucks because he didn't do install and didn't talk to his quarterback on the sideline either. But because of this um, unorthodox non-traditional dysfunction that Kellen Moore was birthed in, that Dak Prescott was acquired in. Um, I think, you know, the Cowboys, because they do everything in a very unorthodox fashion, um, they've put themselves in a position now where um, I think that comfort zone, that familiarity of hiring from within, of having Dak Prescott have Kellen Moore as his quarterback coach in NOC, um, it's it's worked against them now. And I understand why they did it at first. It was all about trying to make sure that they made the organization as Dak-friendly as possible. Dak's one of his best friends on the team, was also the QB coach, and now the OC. And bringing in Mike McCarthy, who's known as a quarterback guy and a you know a pass uh, game genius and coordinator, bringing that guy in with Dak Prescott, that also makes sense too. No question about it. That's why now they want Mike McCarthy to have more of a hands-on approach to being able to revitalize and resuscitate Dak Prescott's career. And make no mistake about it, if he cannot, he is gone. Yeah, I mean, and that's somebody that I mentioned before. Daryl Bevel is a guy that I'd like the, them to at least look at and talk to. That's interesting. Uh, he's currently with Miami and helped Tua grow a lot this year. He coached in Seattle with – he was offensive coordinator for Seattle mm-hmm. with uh, Dan Wilson. Quinn, with Russell Wilson, but Dan that. Quinn. So they already have a report. There was reports that if Dan Quinn went to the Broncos, that that was probably going to be who he tried to get as his O.C., because of the Russell Wilson connection, the Dan Quinn connection. Yeah. Now this may not be what Mike McCarthy would want because then it's more of that, hey, well, you're you're the head coach, but it's also Dan Quinn's team. Yeah. But that's like somebody that. too. But he's known as a quarterback nurturer as well because of Russell Wilson, because of Tua now, because all those 
He mm-hmm. is one of those guys that I I like in that sense. I like that. Uh, and he's a passing game coordinator for which is what you can put that name in as offensive coordinator and passing game coordinator or whatever you want to put on his. Mm-hmm. But I, other than he apparently has taken uh he has taken blame for the throwing the ball on the two yard line. Oh, apparently he made okay. that play call. That is the main negative that most people bring up for his name was that he was apparently the one who called that play. Yeah, but but I I just like his name as someone to at least look at. That's a good name. I like that name. I haven't heard a lot about it. I mean, I heard a lot because I, I like it. he's one of those names when you start looking at guys who are not offensive coordinators but have experience around the league. That's a good one. He's one of those guys that fits in that. I wouldn't be surprised. Jim Bob Cooter's a name we've heard a few times now. Oh, uh, with the uh, yeah, mm-hmm. he's a younger guy, but he's uh, Jaguars. Yeah, uh, the passing game coordinator for the Jaguars right now, and I believe. Tampa Bay's interviewing him to be offensive coordinator, and maybe uh, the Panthers are interviewing was, uh, him to be the offensive coordinator. Yeah, Jim, but he was with the Lions for a while back yeah. in the day. Yeah, he's been around. He's young, but he's been around a long time. Yeah, he was a hot name way, way back in the day. Uh, no, you're right. I think uh, Brian Schottenheimer's a name you're probably going to hear, yep. whether you like it or not. Uh, he's going to hear his name. You're going to hear um, Zach Robinson, LA Rams quarterback coach. You would hear Bobby Slowick's name, the San Francisco uh, uh, 49ers passing game coordinator, uh, if not for uh, him now being mentioned uh, as the pass as the now OC coordinator, or at least sorry, the um, candidate for the OC job for the Texans. He is now being mentioned as one of the front runners there, which we'll talk about in Roger Rand today, actually, because I'll get into uh, D'Amico Ryan's building his coaching staff a little bit and what he brings to the table for the Texans. So we'll talk about that on the other side, get into some Texans conversation and talk about the latest with the coaching staff. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful on the horn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real! My god! Okay, it's happening! Everybody stay calm! Oh, no, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time for Rod's rant of the day. I want to get to D'Amico Ryan's and his, uh, him assembling his coaching staff. There are already reports that he is reaching out to coaches to set up interviews for the offensive coordinator position. Two names that have been mentioned, the only two names that I've heard, Bobby Slovic, the passing game coordinator for San Francisco, and Troy Walters, the wide receiver coach at uh, Cincinnati, who I remember from his Stanford days. Actually, we played against uh, Troy Walters, I thought, uh, when I was here on the 40 Acres. But anyway, I digress. He is now the wide receiving coach at Cincinnati. We can all agree wide, receiver, wide receivers at Cincinnati are doing a hell of a job. Like, so uh, that is a uh, that's definitely uh, a, a position to look at because uh, he's been there for a few years and they have turned into one of the best wide receiving cores in all of the NFL. Uh, I think that Bobby Slowick, uh, I think that hire makes more sense only because you have a brand new first-year head coach in D'Amico Ryan's. He hasn't done it before. 
and what he is going to base a lot of his decisions on is just his previous experience, which isn't a lot. I mean, his first time coaching was as a defensive quality control guy with the 49ers, and then he was inside linebackers coach, and then he became a defensive coordinator. So he hasn't had a ton of experience. But um, from what I've heard, his 10 years in the NFL – he he made a lot of connections and did a lot of networking and that those connections those relationships is how he's kind of starting to build his coaching staff. But anyway, getting back to it, the reason he's gonna pick Bobby Slowick, I believe, is just because he believes his system defensively, whatever his system is, that it complements the Shanahan offense or the Shanahan offense complements his defensive system, and they're very compatible. He's seen it work. It's worked there multiple years. His system is probably very similar to Robert Sala's system defensively. And because of that, he has seen it work there with Shanahan since 2017, since Shano got there. So he is more than likely to pick a Bobby Slowick as his offensive coordinator, just trying to replicate what San Fran did. Is that the right decision? Uh, I'm not necessarily saying it's the wrong or the right decision. I just think that's the rationale as to why he'll pick Bobby Slowick. Um, But I would encourage, and I've always said this, I would encourage him to interview as many candidates as possible, not only to help you find the best possible candidate, but also as a new head coach. And I've said this for years, if I was a head coach in the NFL, even a general manager in the NFL, I would take every head coach, every coaching vacancy as an opportunity to steal information from other teams. Sorry. Call it athletic espionage. I'm doing it. I'm bringing in everybody. I'm, I'm having 20, 25 interviews for just a cornerback position coach. And I need you to tell me about your defensive system. I need you to tell me about your philosophy. I want to know about how y'all practice. I want to know about the meals. I want to know about everything on that team. I'm just building a database. I don't know if it's something you can do, something that's frowned upon. Maybe there's rules against it. I ain't heard any rules against it, so that's what I'd do. I'd build a database about every team and about their procedures, their culture, their scheme, their system, their tactics, all of that stuff. They're going to tell you all that stuff because they want the job. They give you all the information, write it down on one of my notebooks, as you guys know, put it in the file cabinet, build a database on it. They'll probably put it on a computer program of some sort, but you guys get the point. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know who he's going to interview, but those are the top two candidates. Another name you're going to hear a lot is the quarterback coach. It used to be with the 49ers, um, Rick Rich Scangarello. You're going to hear that name. I guarantee you it's going to come up. Another name that could come up is Joe Woods. He was a uh, passing game coordinator and a secondary coach uh, for the Browns at one time, but he also worked the 49ers in 2019. Uh, They might bring him on as well, uh, potentially, as either a secondary coach, cornerback coach. So watch out for the name Joe Woods. Also, Corey Undlin is a secondary coach right now with the 49ers. Watch out for that because Jimmy Ward, their nickelback, is up for a contract. He's a free agent, and apparently he put out a video where he discusses an interaction he had with Shano, Kyle Shanahan, and essentially he's asking the head coach of the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, if he could switch back to safety from nickelback. And I believe Shano, the way he says it, Shano essentially says, you want to ride the bench? Because that's what you're going to do if I move you. I don't want you riding the bench. I think he took offense to that. That's basically what he was saying in the video. But I digress. My point is they may bring in a Jimmy Ward because they may want a veteran presence 
uh, there with the 49ers, too. If they have all those connections, it might be a bit incestuous. Uh, also, look out for um, the name John Benton. He was a Gary Kubiak disciple, O-line coach with Gary Kubiak way back in the day when Shano was there as the offensive coordinator for the Texans and when D'Amico Ryans was playing there way back in the day. And, oh, man, I think we all agree. that. Think about this now. If you are going all the way back to D'Amico Ryans' time uh, with the Texans, so if you go all the way back then, he was there. He was Texas for 2006, 2011. Listen to all the talent now you had. As, as the coaching talent you had on that Texans roster, you had Matt LaFleur on that staff as an offensive assistant from 08 to 09. You had Mike McDaniel on the coaching staff as an offensive assistant from 06 to 08. Kyle Shanahan, wide receiving coach and OC from 06 to 09. Robert Sella, defensive assistant and assistant linebacker coach from 2006 to 2010. And now as a player, not a coach, but D'Amico Ryans too. That was a ton of great coaching talent. And the Texans, they got one. They got D'Amico back, baby. They got D'Amico. Mike Vrabel was there too. But 2014 to 17, so in a different era, he was there. But during that time, you had now one, two, three, four, five NFL head coaches on the Texans staff and on their roster at that time. Yeah, we really needed uh, <laughs> we really needed that Tom Brady, Sean Payton thing to happen this <laughs> yeah, year right. so that Domingo could bring Mike McDaniel in. That is crazy. Yeah, that, oh, wow. That would have been, yeah, man, I, Mike McDaniel hadn't blown up so fast. We would love to D'Amico Ryan. Well, we probably would try to hire Mike McDaniel, honestly, and he would have brought D'Amico with him. Yeah. That's probably what would have happened. Uh, but anyway, the Texans had a lot of coaching talent at that time, but they got their guy, D'Amico. Here's what I'm really excited about with D'Amico Ryans. I'm excited about a lot of stuff, but here's a, a few things I'm really excited about when it comes to D'Amico Ryans. His talent development overall, and this is a credit to the 49ers, but when he became the linebackers coach, and I believe that was, what, 2018 to 2020, he's a linebackers coach for the 49 inside linebackers coach, and then becomes the defensive coordinator in 2021 and 2022. And we know, know his defenses and scoring defense, they were first and ninth. Uh, in 2021, first in 2022, total defense. He was second in 2022, third in 2021. There's no doubt he had one of the uh, most impressive defenses that we've seen in the NFL uh, in the last few years. Really, really impressive. What I love about his talent development, though, as a coach, when he was the inside linebackers coach, that's when we start to see Fred Warner take his game to the next level. Remember that. Like Fred Warner became an all-pro when D'Amico Ryans became his coach, his inside linebackers coach there in 2018. And that's when he started playing like an all-pro and becoming an all-pro and becoming the best linebacker, arguably, in all of football, period. And definitely the best coverage linebacker. And you started looking at that defense once he became defensive coordinator and look at where they drafted these guys. Man, 49ers really. And they got, a, by the way, 49ers got another compensatory pick from D'Amico Ryans. They keep getting, because uh, the minority hires, the Rooney Rule. They get Rooney Rule picks. They got Rooney Rule picks from Mike McDaniel, who is biracial, Robert Sella, who is a minority hire, from D'Amico Ryans, minority hire. They keep getting them. And they, they just had an executive get hired by Tennessee. Got another one there. They got four, like, mid-round picks from these Rooney Rule hires. And now they just keep they just keep hiring brothers. They're like, you know what? It's a lot of, and, and I know it sounds Bad, but they, they, they listen. This is why it's weird because they know the rest of the NFL, they're not hiring as many minority candidates, but 
the NFL keeps telling them, I think we all agree, the minority candidates are just as good as the other candidates, right? Or as the white candidates or whatever. I mean, they did end up in a championship game again this year. That's and- what I'm saying. Like, so, so, so they're like, all right, so there's, there's obviously a surplus of minor- good minority candidates out there that nobody wants to hire. So the is like, we'll take them. We'll hire those guys. And we'll get draft picks for them. He's <laughs> like, all right, you guys don't want to hire them. All right. We'll hire that guy. So at least if you're gonna steal all my coaches, I get something. <laughs> right? That's it's crazy. I think the rest of the NFL may catch on, but and then maybe they won't have to have the Rooney Rule incentive, if you will. But anyway, I digress. Getting back to it, uh, look at he, they got Fred Warner in the third round. By the way, compensatory picks are third rounders for the Rooney Rule. By the way, so they might have got Fred Fred Warner's basically could be considered the Rooney Rule pickup for him. But they got uh, Hufanga, who's an All Pro this year, fifth round. They got two all pros in mid to late rounds. Fred Warner, third rounder. Hufanga, fifth rounder. Dre Greenlaw uh, was a was a late. Dre Greenlaw, uh, Diamadore, uh, Lenore, um, Ebucon. All those are day three selections in the NFL draft. They're all starters for the 49ers. You got all pros. You draft in the third and the fifth round. So if you are a Houston Texans fan. You want to buy stock in Jalen Petrie now. Jalen Petrie, and I, I'm a big Jalen Petrie fan. I was, you know, when they drafted him, I thought it was a great pick. He ended up starting for the Texans. He had 147 tackles this year, five tackles for loss, one sack, one fumble recovery, eight PBUs, 99 solo tackles, one QB hit as a rookie. He did lead the NFL in missed tackles with 36. Something tells me. With D'Amico Ryans as his uh, coach, that's going to improve. I'm not sure D'Amico's going to call the plays or not. That's going to be interesting. The first question I probably would have, I probably would have three questions immediately for D'Amico Ryans. Maybe four. All right, maybe five. (laughs) Uh, The first one would be, I want to know if you're going to call the plays defensively. And if not, who is? Yeah. Number two, who's going to be your offensive coordinator? I need to know. I need to know now. And I think it's going to be Bobby Slowey, but Patrick, let me read to you the rankings for the Texans offensively over the last two years. Scoring offense. Let's start there. Texans 30th. Yeah. In total offense. That's 30th in 2021 and 22. Uh, In total offense, they were 31st and 32nd in 21 and 22. In rushing yards, 31st and 32nd. In passing yards, 25th and 28th. In yards per play, 32nd and 31st. In first downs, 32nd and 32nd. They've been the worst offense in the NFL the last two years. There ain't no qu- Nobody can even debate that. I'm surprised they weren't 33rd somehow. <laughs> right? Seriously. Hey, man, we just counted. We put Georgia ahead of y'all. <laughs> oh, I mean, they've been really bad. That's what goes my second question. I need to know who the OC is. I need you gotta I gotta I got that guy's gotta be a home run hire for you, whoever that is. Yeah. That's my second question. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's that. And then again, it's if you're gonna hire, depending on if you your assistant head coach is defensive coordinator, you may bring in somebody who's a more veteran guy. Agreed. That the reason you can get him is because you're giving him play calling duties. Yep. And so he's more likely to be like, Oh no, I'll come, but I wanna call plays. I agree. I think that that's actually going to be my. I think that's my third question. Who's your assistant head coach? And I prefer him to be um, a former head coach. I think you should have two, two or three of those guys on your staff 
And I agree with you, Patrick. One on both sides of the ball, if I can do it. Yeah. Maybe an assistant head coach as a former head coach, and then one as a, a, a position coach on either side of the ball, former head coaches, just so they can help you just avoid some of the inevitable pitfalls of a, of a rookie head coach. It's going to happen. Just so they can, you can avoid some of the mistakes that they made, and they can help you do that. So that would be my third question there. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that fourth would probably be who's your quarterback coach. I think quarterback coach is going to be really important. Because you, you bring in a franchise quarterback. Yeah. And sometimes the OC wants to be the quarterback coach, so maybe that can happen too. Uh, but I mean, how can you not be excited about what the Texans have to build with? Like I said, you look at what the 49ers were able to do in developing their young talent on the defensive side of the ball. You got a Jalen Petrie. You got Derek Stingley. Um, you know, Jonathan uh, Grenard. You got some young pieces on defense you can build around. And he's shown that he can really develop talent. And you got Damian Pierce on the offensive side of the ball. You got Laramie Tunsil on the offensive side of the ball. Titus Howard's over there, too. You just drafted Kenyon Green. And one thing I really liked about what I've heard about the hiring process and the timeline for D'Amico Ryans is that he chose the Texans. Or at least that's the report. I know some are saying that there's, I think Adam Schefter is refuting that report. But Ian Rappaport is reporting that basically D'Amico Ryans chose the Texans on multiple occasions. The Denver Broncos forced him to. Forced him to say, tell them no twice. Yeah. And he did. Which is, honestly, and I, I, I don't know what it says about Russell Wilson. I think maybe he said no because he didn't like that situation. But I think it does says a lot, say a lot about the Texans organization, considering what a fuster cluck they've been, um, Patrick, that he still had the love. That's a, that's a love that goes back to his time as you know a young player in the league. He's got pride in this organization, in this community, because he's lived there and he wants to bring it back. To prominence, I don't know if they're ever prominent, but bring I, it back to being competitive. Yeah, and I mean, I think there's definitely something to the fact that he knew Bob McNair. Very true. I think there's something there where he probably had a very good relationship with Bob McNair, and so he has something where it's more brotherly with Cal McNair as opposed to this. Is, could be a, I like that where he, has, you know, what I mean, yeah, no, where he's like, no, it. I yeah. want to preserve Bob's legacy too because he meant a lot to me. He did. He took care of me when I was a younger player. I could see that too as something where it meant to, for him to come back, because I, you know, if you if you only know Cal McNair and you only know that part of the Houston franchise, it's probably a lot harder. It, 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 the job doesn't look the same. That's a great point. I didn't think about that, but you're right because they all talk about how close he was with the administration at the time and with ownership, and everybody loved him. Yeah. So that's a good point. I never thought about that, but you're right. Cal had to be around a lot during that time span. And one thing I'll bring up, too, because uh, I know we're up against it, close to the break here, um, with D'Amico Ryan's coming in, uh, and we've kind of talked about how it'll help him bring back the community and bring back the uh, the other players who weren't around the organization for whatever reason. I didn't, I didn't remember this, but I did some research. So I was rabbit-holing last night. I forgot he sued the Texans. D'Amico did? Yeah. When he it it was a it was like a, a lawsuit over an injury an injury claim oh. it was in twenty sixteen, um, but yeah he sued the Texans yeah, here it is right here <clears throat> yeah, here it is right here um, yeah ultimately uh, the lawsuit in twenty sixteen an unfortunate throwback involves a lawsuit against the club due to on field playing conditions that his suit claim <clears throat> caused him injury and prematurely ended his NFL career. And ultimately, in 2016, the Texans and the NFL were removed from the complaint with Ryan citing an Achilles injury, reaching a settlement with the companies that run the stadium and the turf company. 
I forgot. He had sued the Texans. Jeez. Let bygones be bygones. There you go. Hey, man. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's maturity on the part of Texas, baby. I, I like you. Let Jack used to be go. Bring it in. D'Amico Ryan to one suit you. It's a beautiful thing. I want to see how this draft goes, Rod. Uh, hey, I want to see how this draft goes. Probably getting Patrick back as a fan, too, baby. All right. Times are changing. All right. We come back. We'll get into another off the record right here on Paul Don't Line 1049 The Horn. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn, midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. My man Patrick takes songs from a soundtrack, plays those songs for us uh, on uh, midweek movie music. And based on those selections, we're supposed to gather clues and hints and help us uh, lead us to uh, the actual feature of midweek movie music. And today it is Groundhog Day. Got that on the uh, second guess, the second selection. Uh, my man Patrick plays for it. And it, it really was. That one, if I didn't get it on the second one, I definitely would have got it on the third one so uh, patrick's taking it easy on me since it's uh frigid conditions outside and i'm in harge well, he's at the house safe and sound and it was an easy pick because tomorrow is, is groundhog's day that's true i wasn't thinking about that at all though as i can tell you that's how unaware i was that <laughs> uh, that would easily uh, help me get to uh See, the that's, feature that's, but that's how harge is doing so well is he starts thinking about what else is happening he's trying he's, he's got, got he's, he's got, got kids though Kids yeah. help you do that because kids keep up with like stupid holidays. You get that letter and from random school. stuff. Yeah, so he's got yeah, kids that help you be more well rounded. I ain't got no kids. I'm not well rounded. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, let's get to our off the record here. This is a strange, weird story. So, have you ever heard of doppelgangers? There's a doppelganger theory that everybody's got a doppelganger out there. You got somebody out there in the world that looks just like you, like that's just a spitting image of you. You know, maybe they're in the same city, maybe they're in the same country, maybe they're on the other side of the world. We don't know. A German woman apparently found her doppelganger and is now accused of murdering a lookalike she found on Instagram in an elaborate attempt to fake her own death. She found her doppelganger on social media. The alleged perpetrator identified as 23-year-old Sharaban K., Killed beauty blogger Khadija O, also 23, in Germany last August, according to investigators. Khadija O had been brutally stabbed more than 50 times with her body left on the back seat of Sharabin K's Mercedes. Uh, Sharabin K and her accomplice, identified as her boyfriend, Shakir K, subsequently went into hiding. When the body was found, police traced the car's registration to Sharaban K's family. Given the corpse had been disfigured, investigators assumed that she was the victim. However, a subsequent autopsy report uncovered that the actual victim was Khadija O, prompting an investigation into the bizarre case dubbed the Doppelganger Murder by German media. How about that, Patrick? They not know about DNA in Germany? Uh, but that's what they found out when they actually did yeah. the autopsy. Yeah. They did it. Yeah. That doppelganger stuff don't work. Yeah, she's, she's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Man, I saw that forensic files from like 1992. <laughs> guy guy got a like a Lowe's employee. Okay, go over the house, crushed him with a car. Ooh. Ooh. What? Yeah. And well, he killed him, and then he crushed him with the car. And, and he then thought he, they wouldn't be able to identify yeah, him because he crushed him with the car? Yeah, so he did this thing, and then he disappeared. And then they realized that it was not him. And then so he took, like, he went to Mexico 
and then killed a guy in Mexico and burned his body and said it was him. Okay. Yeah. Sick mofo. Yeah. Frenzy Files, great show. (laughs) (laughs) Great show. Um, Yeah, I'm with you. Obviously, she has not been watching enough Dateline. You got to watch some murder shows, some true crime shows. You're going to be trying to get away with stuff like this. And then you're right. So they did all times. They're like, oh, this ain't, this is not her. This is somebody else. Yeah. They went in and they were, they just checked. Uh, we done. Wow. Have we checked dental records, DNA, anything other than a hunch? Yeah. That's and like 19, that's what that, that what, 1910, 1920s, or like the early days of Hollywood when everybody wow. was just like, oh, we all think it's that guy who killed her, but I don't know. None of us know. I know. And oh, this, yeah, this woman is sick. This is some sick stuff, man. Who wants to find their doppelganger? Just to murder your doppelganger. Well, the thing is, and, and I read fake your own the story. The story is they want to fake their own death. It doesn't say why in there. I'm assuming life insurance. To, oh, now who would get it though? They don't let you. Uh, they don't let you name your boyfriend as. Yeah, you can name anybody. Can you name anybody? Yeah. Or maybe the boyfriend was named as the person as a 38 year old single man. There's some friends you got where you're like. Hey, man, you just, hey, man, let me take one out on you. You ain't going to make it that much longer. But my thing is, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It look, it's going to look suspicious either way. He, either he's going to be a suspect of something yeah. and we suspected him, or they're going to suspect that she did something, you know, sinister like this. Either way, bad plan. Yeah, no, this was this they're, was they're, somebody who they didn't spends think too much time on Instagram's plan. Yeah, they didn't think it through. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah, you're going to be a criminal mastermind. I'm going to need you to take a couple of days to break it all down. You found your <laughs> doppelganger. Which was brilliant, by the way, to find your doppelganger. You, but, you did the hardest part, and then all these other things you just ignored like they didn't exist. And you know where it got her caught anyway? The the records of her communicating with her doppelganger on social media. Yeah. Like that would have got you kind of like, oh, this is a woman looks just like her. So either way, she was gonna get caught like three or four different times. It's like the guy who like murdered his family and they looked at his search history and he kept searching stuff like how to dispose of a dead body <laughs> and how yeah. long does it take a body to decompose. Uh, it's like, dude, come on, man. You was, idiot. There's another forensic files. There's one and they kept going <laughs> into this guy and he paddled his stuff on his computer and they kept going, and then he was listening to the song by Guns N' Roses, I Used to Love Her, where the lyrics say, I used to love her, but I had to kill her. And I'm like, I've listened to that song a hundred times. It's a it's a funny little song. Oh, but, but yeah, yeah, I've never never thought about murdering anybody. Yeah, that was like but, his, his song to get him pumped up for yeah. the dance. He's like getting motivated. It was just hilarious that you're like, guys, I think you're stretching it now. Plus, this guy's on repeats listening to this. Oh, man. Crimes of passion, I guess. Yeah, that's some weird stuff. Anyway, uh, don't. If you find your doppelganger, Anger, be nice to your dog. Hey, and if you find somebody who doesn't look like you either, be nice to them as be well. Be nice to all of them, but definitely uh, don't do anything like this person. That was that was quite sick and twisted. All right, we come back. We got one more hour left in this show. We come back. We will get into the NFL headlines. Sean Payton getting a brand new job as head coach of the Denver Broncos. We'll break that down from every angle uh, and also talk about what the uh, payment, what the salary of Sean Payton is going to be. That news may be out there. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.